Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. If you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to the book of 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to continue talking about the church this morning. We're going to continue talking about why church, why it's important, and why we need it. And so we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read a lot of verses. We're going to start in verse 12. We're going to go all the way to 27. So if you have not read your Bible, now's your time to shine. <laughs> okay. You ready for this? All right, you got, to be, you got to be quick with me, PowerPoint. We're going quick. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12. So we're talking today once again about the church of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to emphasize the church being a body. So verse 12, it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free. But we have all been baptized into one body. And one spirit by all share the same spirit. Verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. But how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Be a Cyclops church. <laughs> yes, there are many parts, but notice again, he's emphasized, but there's only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care, so we carefully protect those parts that should not have been seen. While the more honorable parts do not require the special care, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts who have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Can I get amen? amen. So today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is, Every Part Matters. Every Part Matters matters. Today we're going to be talking about the church as Jesus' body. Every part matters. Now if you've been with us on Sunday mornings, and I encourage you to listen to the podcast if you have not been, I've been talking about why church, why we need the church, why the church is important. And one week we talked about the church is Jesus' bride. That's the word picture given in the Bible that we are the bride of Christ, the church. And it says that Jesus loved the church and he gave himself for the church. Last week, we talked about the church is God's building on the earth. Jesus is building a building, and that building is not a physical house. It's a spiritual house, and it's made up of not just him, but all of us. 
If you were here last week, we talked about Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the foundation of the church. But we are also living stones and bricks that are part of this spiritual house that God is building on the earth, which is his church. But today we want to talk about this word picture given about Jesus' body. And it says that the church is Jesus' body. We are the body of Christ, the church. Not just this church, but every church. Globally, there's billions and billions of believers. We are all a part of his body on the earth. Now, they give this idea in the scriptures that Jesus is the head and we are his body. Now, when he was in physical form on the earth, he was the complete body of Christ. But he is no longer here physically. Jesus is in heaven today, and his spirit lives in us, his church, and we make up his body on the earth. And how many of you know you need the head and you need the body? You can't do anything without both. The head is the part that controls the body. The head is the leader in the relationship. The head is where your brain's at. You know how many know your brain controls the rest of your body? It tells your arms to function. It tells, tells you how to chew. It tells you how to swallow. It tells you your feet where to go. It all starts in your head. That's Jesus' part. He's the leader in this. Jesus is the head of his body. He's the head of the church. But also, we, as his church, make up the body of Christ. There's billions of us on the planet. We are the body of Christ. And how many know the head needs the body? And the body needs the head. Now, if they were separated, we would be another Halloween show. We'd be decapitated. I mean, no, that's gory, that's gross, and that person is no longer living if the head is separated from the body. You need both. Now, so many of us as believers feel like, well, if it's got to get done, Jesus has got to do it. But Jesus, the head, uses his body to do it. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Guess where the hands and feet are? They're in the body. And many of us are saying, God, do something about my workplace. And he's like, well, I don't work there. You do. You're my body. I changed my school. You know, I want to see people saved. Well, he doesn't go to school there. You do. You're his body. God, I want to see people healed. Well, guess where the hands are? They're in the body. Pray for somebody. And then God's power will meet that prayer request. Well, I need to see somebody delivered in my life. I need to cast out a devil. Well, guess what? God's not going to do anything apart from his body. Go ahead and lay hands on him, and then the power will meet you. But it comes through his body. Or God, you know, you know, there's, there's this part of town that they're poor, and they need help. And, you know, I really want to see them get out of poverty. And you're like, God, do something. God, do something. And he's like, you do something. You're the body. We are the body of Christ. And so... I want to talk about that today because it's so important pertaining to the church. The church of Jesus is the body of Christ. He's the head and we're the body. He's in heaven and we're on the earth right now. And if it's got to get done, the church has to do it. We have to do it. Many of us are waiting for God to do something and he's not going to do it because he wants to do it through us. That's how the world changes. That's how cities get changed and regions get changed and countries get changed and, and nations get changed for the power and the glory of God. It, it's not that the Christians are just praying that God would do something. It's they're not only praying, but they're doing something about it because they are the body of Christ. And this world would change anytime the church wanted to step up and say, we're the body and we can do something about it. It would change. 
If the whole body of Christ felt this way today, it would change by tomorrow. It would. So he's the head and we're the body. But it says that when you get saved, you ask Jesus into your heart, you have been baptized into his body. It uses the word picture going back to the bride. When a husband and wife become married, the Bible says they become one flesh. They're one. Same thing when you come into the body of Christ. You, you accept Jesus into your life. You become one with the Lord is what the Bible says. You're baptized. You're one body now. Not, not physically, but spiritually, you're one in the Lord. That's why he can say that he's the head and we're the body because when we come into a relationship with him and decide to ask him into our life, we become one with him. Now, let's read this verse in Ephesians 1 and 22. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him, who's him, Jesus, head over all the things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So the church is Jesus' body on the earth. He's the head and we're the body. Now, do we got that straight? You, you still with me? Okay, now we talked about Jesus' part. Now let's talk about your part. He's the head and we're the body. So we're talking about the church today and why it's so important that we are the body of Christ. What does that mean and how do we play our part as the body of Christ? Let's turn back over to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to read and stay in this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 the rest of the day today. So let me tell you a little bit something about the context of 1 Corinthians 12. Now, the Apostle Paul planted the church at Corinth. So he was the temporary pastor of Corinth until he gave it to somebody else. But the Apostle Paul planted the church at Corinth. And he was writing letters back and forth like he did with the rest of the churches to communicate with them because they were asking questions about how they should live now as believers. Now, I need to tell you a little bit something about Corinth before we get into this passage in Corinthians. So Paul planted this church at Corinth, which Corinth is in Greece. Now, if you look at a map, it's still there today after 2,000 years. If you look at Athens and you go a little bit west on the map, Corinth is right there. So Corinth is in Greece, and at the time that it was written, it was under Roman uh, dominion. Uh, the Roman Empire had taken over that part of the world as well, so even though it was in Greece, it was under Roman authority. Now, here's a little something you need to know about Corinth, and I'm telling you this because it's going to make sense when we get, once we get into the scriptures. Can you learn something today? Is that good with you? Okay, so the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to Corinth, which was in Greece. It was a port city, so it was on the water. So in that time, in that day, you know that all the port cities were known for trade. That's the way they shipped stuff. They didn't have Amazon Prime. They had Amazon Ship. That's all they had. They didn't have a car. They didn't have an airplane. If you wanted to ship stuff from here to here to here, guess what? You had to use a ship. 
That's the fastest way to get it from here to here was to take it on a boat and ship it. So if you're a port city in the time and day Jesus lived or the apostle Paul lived, you were a, a very wealthy city because all the trade came through all the port cities. Are you with me? So, so Corinth was a port city. Now this is important once we get into this. So because it was a port city, it was a very wealthy city, very wealthy city, and because it was a port city, there was trade constantly f flowing through Corinth. Now, Corinth was a place where the west traded with the east, and the east traded with the west. So it was a very, hear me, a very diverse city. Very diverse city racially and religiously. In every way, Corinth was a very diverse city. Now, that's going to make sense once we get into this passage so it wasn't just a group of Greece or Grecian people. It was people from Africa, people from Asia, people from the Middle East, people from Europe, people from all over lived in Corinth because it was a place of trade. You with me so far? You didn't ask to sign up to go to Bible college today, but you're going. The other thing about Corinth you need to know, which makes sense if you read the book of Corinthians, is it was a wild town. Now, let, now, you guys aren't laughing because you act like, I don't know, I'm holy, Pastor. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Corinth was the Las Vegas of the ancient world. It was a wild town, to say the least. Now, Corinth was one of those places that, since it had a lot of money, had a lot of diversity, had a lot of influence and wealth, if you got all that together in one place, that means there's going to be a lot of food, a lot of alcohol, a lot of sex, a lot of gambling, a lot of everything. So Corinth was the Las Vegas of the New Testament. Now, you need to know that because that's why Paul has whole passages about y'all need to stop drinking the alcohol at, when you're at church. Right. He has passages about sexual things in Corinthians that he doesn't have other places because they were wilding out. In Corinth, it was the Las Vegas of that time and that day. Now it's interesting that uh, you know they got catchphrases about Las Vegas, like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and you know it's known for that. It's known as like if you want to act not right, go to Las Vegas. You know, if you want to gamble, if you want to you know have sex with whoever you want to, you know, drink, do it in Las Vegas. It's funny when I was reading about Corinth, they had a similar quote about Corinth in that day, and this is. And I, I can't pronounce the Greek word for it, um, but the translation was that the Greek philosophers and Greek leaders of that day would say this phrase, which meant act like a Corinthian. Meaning, if you're trying to get crazy, they would say that Greek phrase and it meant go ahead and just act like a Corinthian. Or modern day, act like you're in Vegas. So they would, they would be known for living a wild, crazy life. In Corinth, because of their wealth, because of their wild parties. So, I'm saying all that to say this. Let's think about the context of Paul when he's writing to this church of Corinthians. So, he's got a lot of issues to deal with. And he has to put all those people that are, that are diverse... That some are wealthy, some are poor, some, are, some have addiction issues, some are, are having, having sex over here and, and just living a crazy life. Some people have gambling issues. And all these people happen to be going to the same church. 
And the Apostle Paul's writing letters to them, trying to bring them all together so they're united to do what God's called them to do. No pressure, right? So, so the context is that before we get into Corinthians when he's talking about you guys are one body and you need to be united. Because you have so many different things pulling them to, to make them different and, and to separate and to get into disunity with each other. So Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians. Are you with me? So let's start here. The overarching theme of this passage is unity in diversity. Now, unity and diversity, that God has made us all different. And that's good. And the Corinthian church, they knew all about this because there was a lot of different people from a lot of different places. And that's a good thing. God made us all different. When I look at this congregation right now, I see different colors. I see different ages. I see different genders. I see different backgrounds. I see different financial backgrounds, relational backgrounds. That's good. But... God said, don't let that diversity be something that stops you from being in unity with each other. Because unity is the thing that's going to make the church be what it's called to be. Unity is the place where God's going to bless you. Unity is the place where God's anointing is poured out. Unity is how the human body functions. They're all different parts, but when they come together in unity, they make a body that's healthy and growing and full of life. If it's true for your physical body, how much more your spiritual body, the church? Even though we're all different, when we all come together, unified, we make up a whole body, many parts, but one body. And when we work together in unity, then we're healthy and growing and flourishing as a body. Just like your physical body, when all your organs and parts work together, you're healthy and strong. When they start doing their own thing, then you have to go to the doctor, right? And that's what they were experiencing at this Corinthian church. But it's the same for us today in 2022. So let's start here. Romans 12 and verse 12. Did I bore you with that? Are you okay? The human body has many parts. So there's many different parts of the body. But the many parts make up one whole body. Are you, are you seeing the emphasis? There's diversity, but you need to be unified in your diversity. There, there's many parts, but reminding you there's just one body of Christ. There's one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Verse 13. And some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves. Some of us are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by the one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Let's leave it right here. Now, we just mentioned that the Apostle Paul was the pastor of the Corinthian church, and Corinth was very diverse. Racially, religiously, financially, socially, they were diverse. Now, it's funny to me, Now, we have this issue as modern people. We feel like all of our issues are new issues. The arrogance of us as modern people feeling like the issues we faced the past two years in our country and around the world were new. Racial tensions. It's a new thing. No, it's not. It's a tale as old as time and not a Disney movie. 
religious differences. No, it's as old as the beginning. Financially, different statuses. Relationally, socially different. This is nothing new. This has been around for a long, long time in our planet. And the Apostle Paul says this, that you are many parts, but you're one body. And then he goes on and gives some examples. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves. Some of us are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by the Spirit. We all share the same Spirit. So think about this. There's one church at Corinth that Paul's over, and some of them are from different places all around. Racially different. Some of them are religiously different because there's the Jewish people and there's Gentiles, which they believed in a whole lot of other stuff. They didn't believe in the one true God. And they're all trying to go to the same church now and get along. Racially different, religiously different. And then he also says, and some of you are free and some of you are slaves. Going to the same church. Now, when we think about slavery, we think about American slavery. But American slavery was different than Roman slavery. In the Roman world, actually, a big majority of people were slaves. And not based off racial reasons. A lot of times in the Roman world, it was because they were poor. And they would sell themselves into slavery so that they could survive. So they could meet their needs. They were called a bond servant or a slave. So the slavery in the ancient times or Roman times was different than Today, they said that in the ancient world, Roman, the Roman Empire, 20 to 30% of the people were slaves, and in some areas, 50% of the people were slaves in a city. So this was very common. Once again, not based off of a racial thing, they were in slavery, but a lot of times it had to do with they didn't have any money. They sold themselves into slavery so they could get their needs met. Now, they weren't treated good, but they were a slave. So in this Corinthian church, you have free people and slaves going to the same church. A diverse group of people. But he goes on and he says, but let me bring you guys together. I know you're from diverse backgrounds, but we've all been baptized into one body. And we all got one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. He's reminding them, of that, what's important. And I said this last week, but I want to say it again. We need to never get caught up on petty things in the church, our differences to divide us. Come on now. That is the plan of the enemy to get the church ineffective, is if he can divide us over Jew. Now, this was their issues back then, but we got the same ones today. Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. They had the same stuff back then. That's 2,000 years ago. We still have the same issues today, and the church needs to lo learn the lesson. We're many parts, but we're one body. We're different, but we still have the same spirit in us. And let's unite about the things we need to unite around and don't get caught up with our differences because they're secondary. They're not important anyways. Whether that's the color of your skin, you're saying, well, I want to go to a white church. Well, this church ain't for you. I'm going to go to a black church. Well, this church ain't for you. 
I just want to go to a Latino church so I can be with my people. Who's your people? I just want to go to an Asian church. No, if you're in the body of Christ, all of us should be your people. Stop, stop making distinctions. Well, I got this color of skin and you got this color of skin. So, so that's my people and you're not my people. Nonsense. That's a lie from the enemy. And the enemy, if he can divide us and he can come between us, he's got the church. Because the devil can't stop a united church. Why, why do you think all that happens? And, and the sad part is really the church is more divided racially than even the world is. Come on now. Hear me today, and, I, and I'm going to get off this because I talked about it last week, but I just want to make sure you know what I feel about all this. We as the church need to be united, not about our color, not about our race, not about who we voted for, not about if, if somebody's rich or poor or middle class. We don't need to, you know, uh, decide we're going to vote based off uh, who lives in what neighborhood or what type of job we have. Or you're educated and I'm not educated. Or I came from this town and you came from this town. Or racially or any other ways. That is all the plan of the enemy to divide us. And if he can divide us, he has the church. But Paul was saying to this church, you got to come into unity together because you're all from the same spirit. And even though you're many parts and you're different and you look different and you talk different and you're from this background and that background, you can be united because you are one body and you are the body of Christ. Hear me today. Jesus does not have a Democrat body or a Republican body. He doesn't have a black body or a white body or an Asian body. He has one body. We'll go as long as you want to go, depending on your response level today. <laughs> We're one body. And hear me, this church is always going to be like this as long as I'm alive, which i got a long way to go. I'm only 35. We're going to be a racially diverse church. And we need to be more racially diverse as a church. We're going to be a politically diverse church. We're going to be a financially diverse church. We're going to be a socially diverse church. We're going to have the diversity that God talks about in his word, the way the church should look. But we're going to be united because we're one body and we got one spirit living on the inside of us. Are you with me, church? <laughs> That's what's important. We're one body. And we all have the same spirit. I know if you think about this every day, you wouldn't treat other people a certain way if you realize they got the same Holy Ghost you got. You're not better than them. They got the same spirit that you got and vice versa. The same Holy Spirit lives in them, even if they voted for Biden or Trump. Now, maybe they weren't listening. The same Holy Spirit lives in them, whether they're black or white, poor, rich, middle class, upper class, don't have class. Same Holy Ghost. He said, you're one body and you got the same spirit living in you, so act like it. Are you with me today? 
so we are the body of Christ. So, so think about this. He's talking to the Corinthians 2,000 years ago, but Paul is talking to us by the Holy Spirit. You're one body. You got the same spirit. And notice he's bringing up situations that they would bring up that says this is a reason to divide us. Well, I'm Jew. I'm a Gentile. I'm slave. I'm free. That doesn't matter. You're one body. And you got the same spirit. Let's go a little bit further here. Verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. Verse 15. If the foot says... I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. Does that make it any less part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of a body? No. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. Let's stop right here. The Apostle Paul likes to ask questions. If you, if you read in his letters to the churches, he asks questions because he wants them to think for themselves. So he asks questions. And this is how he starts it. He says, if the foot says I'm not a part of the body... Because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less part of the body? Of course, the answer is no. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? The answer is no. And if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell any things? In verse 18, but our body has many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. So, He's talking about here, and he's, he's trying to be a little funny, but also get him to think when he's writing here. Because we know this is hilarious. You're like, who would ever say that? But they were saying that pertaining to the church. And this is the thing he's trying to address in this church, which I want to address with you guys today, is stop comparing yourself to other people and the part they play. He said we're all different. You know, one's an eye, one's an ear, one's a foot, one's an elbow. We're all different parts, and if you don't have that part, then how would you see? And if you don't have that part, then how would you hear? And if you don't have that part, how could you pick up anything? If you don't have that part, then how could you walk? And he's saying, don't compare yourself to each other, because when you're wanting to be like somebody else, who's going to do your role? We can't all be the eye. We can't all be the ear. We can't all be the elbow. We all have different parts to play in the body, and we don't need to compare ourselves because if we don't do our part, then how will somebody get what we need to do through our part in the body? We all have a role we play. But verse 18, it says, our body has many parts. There's many different parts in your body. And God has put each part where he wants it. So if God has called you to be a certain part and do a certain thing in the body of Christ, rejoice in it. Be excited about it. Be passionate about it because nobody can do your part like you can do your part. Just like nobody can do their part like they do their part because you're all different. And the ear can never take the place of the liver. No matter how hard it tries, it will never be a liver. And some of us are trying to do that. 
Your eye can never take the place of your heart. No matter how hard you try, it will never take the place because it's not called to be a heart. Your hand cannot take the place of your foot because it's not called to be a foot. We have to be okay with the gifts that God has given us and the part he's called us to play because our body has many parts, but God has put each part where he wants it because he knows you and he knows what you are. He knows you're an eye, you're an ear, you're an elbow, you're an armpit. Somebody's got to be it. You're the big toe. You're the knee. We all have a part to play. And God knows what part you are and be okay with that. Don't compare yourself because when you're trying to be something you're not, you'll never be what you should be because that's not your role. Some of you don't need to be greeters. You don't. God bless you, but some of you don't need to be greeters. Because you ain't an eye. You don't need, you don't need, you're not an eye, so stop trying to act like you're an eye. You need to be hidden in the sound booth. No fists to them, because they're, they're wonderful people back there, and they could be greeters. But I'm saying... If you're not called to be a greeter, don't try to fit into that spot because you're not that body part. But you have a part, so, but stop trying to be it because you're going to be a, a frustrated, irritated body part because you're not going to function right because you weren't called to be that part anyways. You're called to be behind the scenes, and that's okay. Maybe you're called to clean the church when no one's here. I said, when no one's here. Because greeting is not your forte, and that's okay. Not everybody has that personality. But you play your part so the greeters can play their part. Not all you are called to kids' ministry. Because you would hurt those kids on the first day, and our church would get sued, and we'd have to shut the whole thing down because you wanted to be an elbow, and you're an armpit. Come on now. But there's somebody back there today, that's their part. They love it. They're excited about it. They thrive back there. Some of you are not meant to carry a microphone and sing. Some of you are not. And you can say, well, I want to be their part because Amzie looks so cool when he's up there. And I wish I could sing like Amzie. I want to be like Megan, and I want to be like Shelby Lynn, and I want to be like Madeline or Emily. I want a microphone. That's not your part. If you try to get up there, it would like it would be like a knee trying to be a mouth. It wouldn't work. You gotta know your part. But we all have parts and we all have gifts. And the Bible says there's many parts, and God has put each part in the body where he wants it. But you all have a part to play. You all have a gift on your life. Every one of you. And we don't need to compare ourselves to other people, what they do. Because we're all different. And that's good. Because if everybody does their part, guess what? The whole body will be functioning and healthy the way it should be. 
when all your body works together, all your organs work together, all your joints work together, all your glands work together, your brain works together, your heart, your lungs, when it all works together, you're a healthy, growing, flourishing person. Same way in the church world. When your whole body, everybody's doing their part, everybody's where they need to be, everybody's fulfilling their gift and their grace, everybody's settled, I'm an elbow, I'm happy about it, I'm a nose, I'm happy about it. I'm an eyeball, I'm happy about it. I'm a foot, I'm happy about it. When everybody's in their part, the liver's there, the gallbladder's there, the spleen's there. When everybody's doing their part, then the whole spiritual body is healthy and growing and flourishing. Could we choose the person who gets to be the small intestine though? I was just thinking about that. Who is that in our church? No answers, please. <laughs> you all have different parts, but God has put each part just where he wants it. Let's look at verse 19. Are you still with me? Verse 19. How strange... This is what he's saying again. He's, he's reemphasizing it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. If we're all trying to play the same part, that wouldn't work. If all of you would try to do what I do every Sunday, that wouldn't work. We're just going to pass out hundreds of microphones and let everybody talk at the same time. That would not work. If everybody tried to play music together, everybody in the church, get on the platform. We're going to play today. That would not work. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. It wouldn't work. Verse 20. Yes, there are many parts. Emphasizing again, there's many parts, diverse, but only one body. Unity. We're all in this together. Verse 21. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. But let's, let's jump back to that verse real quick. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And notice what he says, in the head. Who's the head? Even the head won't say to the feet. The lowest part of the body of Christ. Even the head, even Jesus himself won't say, I don't need you. Why? Because he does need you. He's trying to make an example because... Probably the Corinthian church, because they were a wild bunch, probably some of them were saying to each other, we don't need you. We don't need your part. There's probably people that had an attitude towards slaves that were at the service and probably said, we don't need you here. He says, even the head won't say to the feet, I don't need you. If Jesus won't say that to any of us, how dare we say that to anybody who steps into our church? We don't need you, or we don't like your kind around here, or you didn't come from the right place. We don't need your gifting. We don't need your calling. We don't need you. How dare we ever say that? Because we need all the parts of the body of Christ. And if the head himself would never say that to us, even the lowest part of his body, we should never say that to each other or make people feel that way, like we don't need you because we do need you. If Jesus won't say that to us, we should never say that to each other. Because Jesus said, if I need you, then definitely all of you need each other. 
The head would never say to the feet, I don't need you. He would never say it. We should never say that to each other. We should never imply that to each other because we need each other. It's funny to me because we get this physically, but then when it comes spiritually, we forget it. Just real practically, when one part of your body stops working or gets hurt, you realize how much you did need it. Are you with me? Even if it's tiny. See, we don't notice this in our everyday life because we're walking and we're, we're moving and everything's working good. We don't think about our body parts. We don't think about our, our internal organs. We don't think about that. But when one starts going off, we realize, oh, I do need you. Because when one part's not working, it affects the entire body. When one part's not playing their part, it affects the entire body. And we don't notice it until that part's gone. And then we're like, oh, I did need you. For, for example, and I know many of you, you've had this happen. When you hit your big toe and you speak in other tongues, we won't share what you said, but you're like, hallelujah, praise God. I love you, Lord. Mm. How many of you have ever hit your toe on something in the middle of the night? Raise your hand. A lot of people. Y'all need to get some glasses or an iPhone or something. Or you step on your child's Lego. you're like, I hate these kids. I hate Legos. Why did I have these? When you calm down from that, you realize, man, that foot that I'm always ignoring, I need it because it's not working right now. And we think that's funny, but you never, ever think about your big toe. You never think about it, ever. You just walk you live your life, you do your thing, but if you stub it in the middle of the night and you lose your toenail, even worse. That's all you can think about. All the rest of your body could be working great and all you're thinking about is big toe, big toe, big toe, big toe, ow, 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 all day long. That's all you're thinking about. It's the big toe, the big toe, the big toe. Why? Because you didn't realize how much you needed it. When one part is hurting, all of it's hurting. When one part's not working right, it's all not working right. Even something like your big toe. But we don't realize that until it's not working right. Or it's not there anymore. And we're like, oh, I did need that. That's what Jesus is saying through the Apostle Paul. We all need each other. We should never say, I don't need you. We all need each other. And we don't realize that sometimes so that person's no longer in church or no longer on the helps team or no longer around. And we're like, man, our church is different now and not for the better because we needed them. But the head, who is Jesus, would never say to his body, I don't need you. Why? Because every part he made matters. And God puts it 
into the body the way he wants it. Are you with me today? Let's, uh, let's read in verse 22. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest or least important are actually the most necessary. Verse 23. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care, so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. Verse 24. While the more honorable parts do not require the special care, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to the parts that have less dignity. Stop. There's kind of two things in this passage he's saying. Some of the parts that we think are the most important aren't. Comparing ourselves to each other. Some of the parts we think are not that important because they're unseen. We think they're unimportant, but they're not. Some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that happens at church, we overlook it and we're like, but I want to do what pastor does. Or I want to be the AMC at Church on the Rock. Too bad there's already one. I want to do what, you know, Brother Les does. I want to be the head usher. I want to sit right there. I want to take up the offering, and I want to do this. Now, that's great, but don't assume just because it's seen, it's most important. It's not. The Bible says that because in the Corinthian church, once again, a lot of the people would see the guys that were up at the front, and they would say, well, those are the people that are really gifted, and they're playing the big role in the body, but what I do is not important, and Paul said that's not true. It's not true. But we all think that. That the visible parts, the parts that are up front and on the stage or behind a microphone, they're the major people in the church. But they're not. Hear me this morning. He says the parts that seem weakest, the parts that we can't see, the parts that we don't understand, they're the most important. For example... Think about your body. The parts you can see are important, but they're not most important. Are you with me? Real easy. Let's think about some internal organs that are important that you have to have. You can't see them, but they're most important. Your brain, you cannot see, but it's of most importance for your body. Your lungs, you cannot see, but they're of most importance. Your heart, you cannot see, but it's of most importance. Same way spiritually. The parts that we don't see are more important than the parts we can see. And we need to realize that. Just because you feel like it's unseen, it's not unimportant. God sees it, we see it, and we honor it at this church. The part that I play is a very visual part. But I'm not the heart and the brain of this church. I'm not. I'm a mouth and maybe a hand. But I'm not the part you can't see. Let's just think about this right here, right now. I could not be 
preaching with this microphone unless there was a sound man right there, a sound man right there. You could not be reading the verses on the screen unless somebody will be putting these verses up right now. There's air conditioning going on in this room right now. You're freezing probably, but it's working. Because someone turned the air conditioning on for you. Right now, you're able to concentrate on this message because there is a lot of people that you can't see right now helping your kids in the back. Just because it's not seen does not mean it's not important. Actually, the things that are not seen are more important. The heart, the lungs, the brain. So let's not ever get caught up thinking that people that are visual at church, well, they're the ones that are really gifted. And they're the really important body parts. No. It's all of you guys. It's the people that count the money. It's the brother Sean's that are behind the scenes orchestrating life groups. It's the Michael Manning's putting stuff on social media and updating the website doing stuff for dad's ministry. It's the security people that are watching our building and watching you guys right now who got walkie-talkies that are talking right now. Keeping our kids secure, keeping you guys safe. That's the heart and the, the brain and the lungs of this church, not me. So let's stop glorifying people who have microphones. They're doing their part just like you should be doing your part. And hear me this morning, and your part is not just to sit and watch. Because some of you guys in this church still think that's your part, and that's your, not, not, not a part. That's not in the body parts. That's not. We all have a part, and that your part's not sitting. We all have a part to play. And it says some of the parts we don't see that seem the weakest are the most important. I'm landing the plane. He goes on and he says, some of the parts we cover, we, we cover our bodies, thank the Lord. We don't need to see each other. We cover our body. We put care, the Bible says, and we cover the parts that should not be seen. As soon as I read that passage, I was thinking about those words in the Old Testament about love covers. And it talks about in this passage, because there's probably very vulnerable people in that church congregation, that we need to guard and protect vulnerable people in our churches. Are you with me? And not not shun people that got issues, but protect them and love them. And not be like, I want the people that are rich and gifted on the front rows. And then y'all can just sit wherever because you're not important. That was happening in the New Testament church. Can we bring that verse back up there? While the more honorable parts do not require special care. Some of y'all already got it together. That's why you don't need a counseling session. But there's other people in our church that need help. What do we do with that? So God has put the body together in such that extra honor and care are given to the parts that have less Dignity. That's the way we should live our lives, that God puts us together and some parts are more weak and vulnerable and need extra help, and that's okay. The ones of you guys that got it together to some level, we should rush in to help them. 
Never look down on them. Cover them when they need covering. Help them when they need help. Not act like they're a burden for you because they are sent to your church for a reason. So the people that have extra honor and that, that God has blessed them with certain things can take care of those who need to be covered. Are you with me today? That's, that's a real church community. That's the church really being the church. Verse 25. This makes for harmony or unity among the members so that all the members care for each other. All of them. Verse 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Let's leave this here. Today, think about all the different people that you know in this church. It says that we would all have care for each other. Not just the pastor would care for everyone. We would all care for each other. Why? Because we're a family. And we need to treat each other like a family. And then he says, if, if one suffers, we all suffer. And if one's honored, we're all honored. Think about this. When people go through hard things in our church, don't act like it doesn't affect you. It's not my problem. It wasn't my relative that passed away. It's not my issue. I know they just went through bankruptcy, but it's not my problem. It is your problem. It is your problem. Because we're a body. And if one part's suffering, all the parts are suffering. We should take it seriously. When, when people go through tragedy and death and divorce and, and bankruptcy or maybe they're struggling mentally or physically, all of us should jump in and care for that person. Not wait for the staff to call. Not wait for a life group to call. You got permission. Care for that person. Love that person. Because if one suffers, we're all suffering. Caring for one another. Man, what a strong church that would be if everyone took that personally. To caring for each other. If one suffers, they all suffer. When I hear stuff about certain ones of you when you're going through stuff and I hear, you know, somebody died or somebody went through this or somebody went through that, I'm grieved by that. Not just like, hey, it's not my life, man. What kind of attitude is that? If one part suffers, it all suffers. You know, in your human body, when... You get an infection, your white blood cells run to that part of your body to fight off the infection. When you break a bone or something like that, your body starts swelling in that area and there's inflammation because it's trying to protect that part of your body and it immediately tries to start healing and repairing it because your whole body's connected. And if one part gets hurt, it all gets hurt. If one part suffers, it all suffers. So the rest of the body goes into, I need to care for this part right now. Or I need to care for this part right now. Or I need to care for this part right now. And the rest of your physical body runs to the rescue of the part of your body that's suffering. If your physical body has enough sense to do that, 
How much more us as the church should run to the part of the body that's hurting, suffering? Because we care. And if one part is suffering, we're all suffering. Are you here today? And then he says, if one part is honored, we're all honored. Church, we're not in competition with each other. When we hear somebody got a new job at church, we should rejoice with them. Somebody just had a baby, you should rejoice with them. Somebody just finished their degree, you should rejoice with them. They bought their own place. They overcame addiction. They're getting married. They're moving on with their their life and their future. We should rejoice with them, not be in competition with them like, well, they got it and I didn't. If one's honored, we're all honored. If one's doing great, we're all doing great. We should wish that for all of us in here. That we would all be doing great. That we would all be moving with God. That we would be healthy and strong and moving. Because if you're doing good, the whole body's doing good. If one is honored, we're all honored. We should take that personally. Kind of like when your kids get an award, you take that personally. She's like, I created that person. They're all right, but it was because I created them. That's why they're doing that. They won the basketball trophy. Yeah, it was them, but it was really their dad who, who put that basketball skill into them. Or they got straight A's. You're like, you're smart, but you got it from your dad. And you feel so proud of them. Why? Because if one's honored, you feel honored. We should feel that same way about each other. We should feel the same way about each other. You should be like, oh, Philip just got a raise? Man, we all just got a raise. Amsey's business is thriving? Man, that's awesome. Chad and Marsha just got a new business deal? That's amazing. They got to adopt their, their two little girls? I'm excited just like it was something that happened to me. Because it did. Because we're one body. And if one suffers, we're all suffering. But if one is honored, we're all honored did you get something today I'm going to close this morning and I'm going to leave uh, the other part of my message to another day and let's read in 1 Corinthians 12 if we could in the message brother Daryl could you come play thank you for being here this morning 1 Corinthians 12 in the message it says the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. And if one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. And you must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Did you guys get some today? Could we stand up this morning? Thank you, Father. Your part matters, church. 
your part matters. Even if you feel like nobody sees me, Pastor, God sees you. And I see you. And if you weren't doing your part, how could everybody else do their part? Every part is important. Every part matters. Hear me today. You are so important to the plan of God. You're so important to his body on the earth. He needs you. And your church needs you. And your pastor needs you. And God has given you something unique and special and many gifts and graces on your life. Some of those to use outside the church, some of you for those to use inside the church, but either way, it's helping the church grow and get stronger and get better and be the church it's called to be. But all of us have a part to play. All of us have a part to play. None without significance. We're all important to God and his plan for our life. Thank you, Father. Can we lift our hands this morning? Father, we thank you. We love you. We love you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can we thank him for a second out of your own mouth? Father, we thank you. We get to be a part of what you're doing on the earth. We get to be a part of your body on the earth. Father, we thank you that we get to play a part in what you're doing. Thank you for the the gifts you've given us, the graces you've given us, that we get to be a part of your family. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We love you today. We love you today. Thank you for the unity in this church. I pray that we we would continue to get more unified, that we would be continue to be more in one accord with each other, heart and soul together. And Father, that you would continue to bring diverse people from all different backgrounds into our church. From every race, from every financial background, from every social background, the young, the old, men and women, from all over, that we would be a church that looks like heaven. We would be a church that looks like heaven and we would be united in our diversity. You made us different on purpose because we all have our part to play. And we thank you for it today. 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 Let me ask you this. In the next week, I I ask you to, uh, when you're spending time with God, just ask him, God, how can I play my part better than I played it? How can I do what I'm called to do that no one else is called to do? How can I grow in that gift and that grace you put on my life to help your body? Because we all have a part. So could you do that for me over the next week? Could you pray that? Could you listen for that? I believe God has a lot to say to you about that because you have a part. You got gifts on your life. God wants to use them. He really wants to use them. And we need you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you today. We worship you today. Come on, can we worship him for a second? 
Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for your spirit in this room today. Thank you, we're one body, many members, and we all have the same spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you today. We honor you today. We thank you for this wonderful church family. We're growing. We're growing in wisdom. We're growing in favor. We're growing in people. We're growing financially. We're growing in becoming more united every day. We thank you for that, Father. Thank you that the best days are yet to come for us, for our church, for our families, for every individual here. And we thank you for that today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just hanging out a second in God's presence. Thank you, Father. We love you today. We love you today. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.